Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text is from the psalm just read. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. We tend to focus on the creature rather than the creator. We even have a term for focusing on the creature, which we use in our American marketing. We call things creature comforts. And you know, a good box of macaroni and cheese, or a nice air conditioning unit, or nice electrical appliances for the kitchen, or any one of a number of other things make us creaturely comfortable. And our psalm points out all kinds of great things God did while making the creation. Making sun and moon and heavens and all kinds of wonderful things. And our eye tends to get drawn to that wondrous variety of creaturely items. Probably because we live in such a varietal culture, the for his mercy endureth forever just seems to go on forever. Oh Lord, why couldn't you have stuck that on every third verse or every fifth verse? But God put it on every single verse. Now, a good English teacher would say he's being repetitive, redundant, or something else, but on the other hand, I think the problem really is we're hard-headed and hard-hearted and we can't get it the first time. This variety in the creation and all that arises from it reflects the goodness of God, its creator, and it's therefore very impressive to us. It was very impressive to our forebearers in the garden, Adam and Eve. Eve was impressed by the forbidden fruit, especially after it was a bit marketed by some serpent of some sort, and she took of it. She thought that the marketing plan of knowing good and evil would actually be an improvement, so she tried it out. And Adam, who with great conviction and a good backbone, as leadership should have, was more impressed by Eve than God's word, and so willingly follows her example, partaking of the same fruit. And so we all fell into sin. But God is constant in his mercy, and although in a certain sense that day they both died, there was not sort of ultimate death for them. In fact, we read that they lived hundreds of years and had many, many children. And then, of course, we get this other thing, and that is, how do you work law and gospel into such a text? Because although it sounds really good to talk about the glory of God and first article stuff, at some point, we have to figure out what is the exact quality of this mercy that endures forever. 
I mean, it all sounds very nice, but it's sort of like listening to a cheer. Where it just repeats. But there is something very, very special going on here. We are to give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Now this question came up with Jesus, too. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus responds, Why do you call me good? Now, some have taken that to mean that Jesus did not want to be called good, which I think is wrong. I think the real issue is that Jesus is good, and he wants the person to explore why he has called him good. Why this person's probably rhetorical flourish and little bit of flattery actually speaks a much, much deeper truth. Jesus says no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. And when Jesus heard this, he said to them, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. There was a commandment that Jesus had left off the list of his commandments to do. He hid all the sort of moral ones. But thou shalt not covet was not expressed. And that's where this person had a problem. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard then asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with men is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we had to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. You see, the young man who loved Jesus' teaching had the same problem that Adam and Eve did, focused on the creation, not the creator. And who of us would easily pass this test because, as Americans, by world standards, we're all pretty rich. Now it has to come back to the cross. That's the place where God's true mercy, compassion, and love for us is manifest. That's where the good Jesus shows himself to be good. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, flesh that could be nailed up and could bleed. The Word that had made all things, 
comes down to be with us and dwells among us. And then despite all that we are, despite all of our appearances, despite all of our sin, despite all of our unworthiness, Christ is there for us, taking all that burden, taking everything and not judging by externals. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will judge the poor, and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. God ignores the appearance of our sin. He looks deeper. He looks to his son at the cross. And he gives us his love. Although we may be impressed with the creation, with its beauty, with its joys, it is really the Creator and His love at the cross, at the empty tomb, that saves us. Transforming a temporal love limited to this world to an eternal love in the new creation that serves God the Father, Son, and Spirit here now and hereafter in eternity. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.